Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. Well, we've made it. January and February felt like an entire year in and of themselves, and we can see the light at the end of the tunnel leading into March. Spring is coming, folks. You know how I know? Ash Wednesday was just last week, and for the next 40 days, we'll prepare to celebrate Jesus's resurrection at Easter. Growing up, the idea of Lent was always met with groans. I never liked the idea of giving something up, and after a while, pizza or fish sticks on Fridays got really boring. Easter was always my favorite, but leading up to Easter, no thanks. I think there's a lot that's misunderstood about Lent especially from someone on the outside looking in. It just seems like a bunch of rules. Can't do this, can't do that. The joke I always heard around Lent is, oh, this year I'm going to give up giving up things. Everyone seems to know about abstaining from meat on Fridays and the personal sacrificing of things. What they may not know is why we are called to fast and practice self-discipline during this time. So let's talk about it. For all of my fellow number nerds out there, numbers have a lot of significance in the Bible. For instance, the number 40 is repeated throughout the Bible, usually signifying spiritual testing and trials like the 40 days of rain with Noah or Jesus's 40 days of fasting in the wilderness and the temptation that followed, or even the 40 years the Israelites spent wandering in the wilderness after the exodus from Egypt. As I've mentioned before, God likes to use our time spent waiting. And 40 days, or 40 years, is quite a long time to wait. During that time of waiting, that time of preparation, he teaches us to trust him and to continue showing up, to choose good even when it's not easy. In the Bible, after the end of all of those trials, those who trusted God were rewarded. The rain stopped and a rainbow appeared. The Israelites were delivered to the promised land. And after turning down all of the devil's empty promises, Jesus was ministered to by the angels. As I've gotten older, I've recognized the significance of sacrifice. I mean, Jesus gave up his life. The least I could do was to stop drinking soda and refrain from eating meat on Fridays. Now I'm interested in how I can effectively use this time spent waiting to actually grow closer to God. Today, we're going to dive deep into this topic of Lent and how we can make the most of these upcoming 40 days. So I've asked Father Paul Clark of St. Matthew Parish in Dolphin to help me make sense of some of our tradition and give us some best practices for a fruitful 40 days. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Sure, Rachel. Thank you for having me. So I am Father Paul Clark. I am the Judicial Vicar of the Diocese of Harrisburg uh, here in central Pennsylvania. 
I oversee the work and the ministry of our diocesan tribunal that deals not just with annulments, but is really the canonical arm uh, for the diocese. So I'm a McKenna lawyer. I, um, I was ordained for this diocese in 2003, ordained a deacon in 2002 by Bishop uh, Nicholas Tatillo, then ordained a priest by Bishop David Zubik, because Bishop Tatillo was ill at the time. So um, Bishop Zubik is now the Bishop of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but he was at the time in 2003 auxiliary and a friend of Bishop Dottillo. So uh, I've been a priest of this diocese since uh, 2003, and I uh, currently am the judicial vicar, and I'm also a pastor. So I'm pastor of St. Matthew Parish in Dolphin, which is a, a small little parish between between the mountains, going out 322 toward State College, just past Linglestown Road, Fishing Creek. The next exit is uh, Dolphin Borough. And I'm about a mile up the creek, and uh, I've been pastor at St. Matthew's, a wonderful parish with wonderful parishioners. If you're listening, hello. Uh, I guess I've been pastor for over 10 years, but won't tell, won't remind the bishop of that because I'm perfectly fine staying there for another 10 years. <laughs> uh, in addition to being judicial vicar and pastor, I am also the liaison, the bishop's liaison to the St. Thomas More Society, which is that group of Catholic uh, lawyers and and judges and also law students and those in the law profession. And so um, the uh, liaison, so, and there's kind of their spiritual advisor and director. So I have a number of hats. I would say so. You're pretty busy. That's yeah. amazing. So thank you for carving out some time for us. I'm glad to. So as you know, Lent is coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> could, you, <laughs> could you talk to me a little bit about what is Lent and why Catholics observe it? You know, I, I think just in a general way, not necessarily defining it in an official way. I think for, for, for me, I think of Lent as a more intense journeying with Jesus. And, you know, journeying with Jesus to the cross, you know, journeying with Jesus through his passion, and then ultimately to the Paschal Mystery, you know, to the Easter event. But it's journeying with Jesus through sacrifice. It is uh, realizing that Christ has carried his cross for us and has made the ultimate sacrifice, giving his life for the salvation of, 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 of souls and to open the gates of heaven. So I think land is, you know, the church says sometimes it's, it's, it's our retreat. And it's a time to, to really, through sacrifice, to deepen our love and our friendship with the one who has saved us. Now, I know the catechism you know, gives a kind of an official definition of what days of, of penance are all about. And certainly, you know, Lent is a, a penitential season. It's a, it's a more intense penitential season. The catechism says, uh, Article 1438, the seasons and days of penance in the course of the liturgical year, Lent, um, specifically, are intense moments of the church's penitential practice and penance is sacrifice, right? Which is difficult for us to to do these days. We don't want to sacrifice much of anything. Um, penance is sometimes a, a bad word. Uh, the Catechism goes on to say these times are particularly appropriate for spiritual exercises, penitential liturgies, pilgrimages as signs of penance, voluntary self-denial such as fasting and almsgiving. And, uh, and charity, fraternal sharing through charitable works and, and missionary works. So it's a, it's a very beautiful time, and I think it's a time that we need to kind of prepare for now. So Lent starts Ash Wednesday, and it ends 
liturgically it ends as far as um, the season on Holy Thursday, but the the days of fasting continue until Holy Saturday. So Lent ends officially Holy Thursday, but it, the fasting goes on until Holy Saturday, which is the celebration of the you know the resurrection of Christ and the Easter Great Easter Vigil. Uh, that's why a lot of times, you know, Catholics after the Easter Vigil, they'll say, "Okay, well, the fast has ended, and you know, I can eat candy and uh, I can eat those things and uh, and enjoy those things that I perhaps gave up." I think that uh, you know, just Lent is a, a special time of, of grace that we need to know what we're going to do before we do it, before it it comes upon us so fast. You know, I don't know if you watch Shark Tank. I watch it, and I I really like it. I I get a kick out of those uh, those sharks and. I think that uh, it's amazing how much people have sacrificed to get their business up and running and, and uh, you know, to live out their dream and just to see them often flourish and become millionaires. This is kind of cool. But, you know, there's the the one shark that is kind of the, the, the one that's disliked most among all of them that have appeared. And that's Mr. Wonderful, right? Kevin O'Leary. At the end, like when the person has multiple offers and they're kind of him hauling about, you know, what offer to take, you know, to, to take... Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, always says, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And that's kind of the words I hear before Len is, what are you going to do? Uh, or maybe better put, what are you not going to do? Because you you shouldn't be doing it. So we have to prepare. What What is my Lent going to look like? Because if you don't, and Ash Wednesday comes, you know, then it's Thursday and Friday, and it's oh, we're already in the Lenten season. So you got to think and pray about it. You know, how am I going to journey with Christ? How am I going to, with God's grace, draw closer to Jesus in this time of retreat, in this time of sacrifice? Right. So you touched on this a little bit, but can you explain to me a little bit how this period of preparation is different from the season of preparation in Advent? You mentioned it's a penitential season. Can you elaborate on that for yeah, me? Yeah, it's interesting that um, I, th- I think the origin certainly of this of this season is biblical. You know, we, we see Jesus after his baptism and as he begins his public ministry, he goes into the desert for 40 days. He's tempted by by Satan. And um, so Len is a, is a kind of like that. It's, it's a pattern. It's following the pattern of Jesus. And through drawing ourselves by God's grace closer to Jesus, you know, Len is a time of pur- purging evil from us or vice, purging those things that that aren't of God. So I think that's the origins of Lent is, is Jesus's um, temptations in the desert, his time spent in the desert as he's preparing for for ministry. And the early church certainly had too a, a period of fasting before Easter. So I think that that's where you know also the early church shows. And it, we're not sure that it was actually forty days, but um, by the time of uh, Nicaea and probably like around Saint Athanasius's time, Saint Athanasius in what three thirty nine I think says that the whole world meaning like the whole church, the church throughout the world, as he knew it, fasted for 40 days, you know, and it was, it was a mandatory, it was a mandatory thing. It is, a, Lent is more of a penitential season. It's interesting that the code, um, canon lawyer, as I said in, in the introduction, but uh, the code says that in canon 1250, that the penitential times and seasons are the following, and it says Lent and every Friday. Interesting, it doesn't, it doesn't say Advent, and the catechism echoes that in, in the article that I just mentioned in 1438, in parentheses, it says, you know, Lent and each Friday, 
Advent is more of anticipating, waiting patiently for you know, the the first coming of the Lord, the celebration of the Lord's birth, which you know we we now liturgically call Christmas. I think that it is a it is a time of prayer. You know, we have the three tenets or disciplines of of, of Lent are you know prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I think Advent, in a particular way, I think we're called to to focus on that prayer. But it's not really a penitential season. It has penitential overtones. I mean, we should we, we should go to the sacrament of penance, you know, before Christmas. But you know, we're not mandated to do it like we are, like an, an Easter duty. I think it's it's less penitential. It's less intense. Lent is a time of penance through sacrifice. So I think they have a, a very different different character. And I think even the church, through the catechism and the law of the church, show that to us. You know, Lent, Lent is something that, from its origins, it has developed. I don't think in the beginning it was always 40 days, but it has developed into kind of an official penitential season that it that we are called to enter into and, and not really take lightly. This world is full of pleasures, and we partake of them all the time. You know, there is a, as an Ecclesiastes, right, there is a time, you know, to to celebrate and there's a time for you know for for sorrow and um i think lent is a, not a time that we're, we're necessarily sorrowful because there can be joy in lent but um it, it is a time to, to kind of step back and yeah be sorry for our sins and allow god to to dwell on us more more deeply so we talked a little bit about how catholics observe lent through prayer fasting and almsgiving we talked about this in my last podcast episode about prayer. Can you expand a little on fasting, what fasting is and what almsgiving is? Yeah, I think, um, you know, fasting, we generally think of or we're going to we're going to fast from food. And, and of course, we we are we are called to do that on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are, are strict days of fasting. And then, um, you know, every Friday night is a, a time of abstinence from from meat unless we're over 62, I guess the, the number is. But I think that uh, that that fasting reminds us of that you know, we, we have we should have an ultimate hunger for God. And um, you know we, we don't we don't like to go without food. We you know we're a culture of convenience and instant gratification. you know we have drive up drive up at McDonald's and you know Dunkin Donuts and we kind of get what we want. But that that fasting, that going without food or without drink, and especially the food or drink that we most enjoy, reminds us of you know kind of what's what's most important. You know, we're we're mind, body, and soul. And for the body, we need nourishment and and we need to eat. And it's good that we eat those things and drink those things we enjoy, not in excess, hopefully, but in moderation. But when we do without those, when we fast from those things, it reminds us that we are also soul. And that we can fill our bodies with the goodness of God in other ways, you know, and and that that's a kind of a, you know, good segue into prayer. But, you know, fasting also could be in some of the things that we, you know, give up, like, you know, I'm going to fast from, you know, maybe have a, a, a little bit of a potty mouth, you know, or, you know, maybe I, I'm kind of quick to use the Lord's name in vain. And I need to fast from that. You know, St. Paul says that there's no name on heaven uh, in heaven or, or on earth or above earth or under the earth by which we are saved, you know, and um, maybe fast from the times that, you know, you maybe you're a very kind of discouraging person or maybe you are quick to to put somebody down. 
We'll fast from that. Rather, be quick to compliment them. Be quick to to encourage them and you know to support them. So I don't think that necessarily, other than what the church, by her law, you know, says that we are to fast and abstain from. Uh, I think that that we can fast and abstain from things that that are are sinful in our life. You know, um, it could be a, a particular sin that. Uh, you know, it was really difficult for us to give up, but you know, this is the time to do it. You know, it's it's that first reading from Isaiah that we hear again every you know every Ash Wednesday is you know now is the appointed time. You know, blow the trumpet. You know, prepare the prepare the, uh, the fast. Um, this is the acceptable time, and uh, and it, it is a time of grace. So I think the Lord, you know, we ask the Lord to pour out this 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 in this time this grace upon us that we really can and discipline ourselves. And to uh, to give up uh, maybe a particular sin that seems to possess us, you know, all sin is demonic. You know, all you know, all sin is kind of a form of mini possession, but God's grace can, you know, in Christ conquer that. We can't do it alone, but um, you know, but think of uh, in Lent, I'm going to really make a concerted effort using God's grace to uh, to fast from 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 this particular vice or sin of mine. And in those 40 days, you'd be surprised that you can carry it on because you've been disciplined after. You know, it's like kind of like training the soul. You know, athletes train their body, you know, and you go to the gym and you can only do uh, you know, so many pull-ups a couple. But after 40 days, if you, you know, were preparing your body for an uh, athletic event or just uh, you know, to be more in shape, you go, you're going to find yourself at the end of that time being able to do three times or four times uh, the number of push-ups or pull-ups that you did because you trained. I think in many ways, Lent is that time of, of spiritual training and discipline that can extend beyond just, you know, the, the 40 days that the church calls us to this time of, um, you know, more intense penitential practice. But it's tough. You know, fasting is tough. I don't like to be hungry. And when we talk about fasting from food, I, you know, I get grumpy. I, I know myself. Angry. You know? Definitely I, absolutely. get angry. And I have to guard against that. And especially you know, coffee, you know, I'm, I'm an addict. I um, probably drink a, at least a pot of coffee a day. When you, I am right there with you. <laughs> I have three little boys, so I am constantly drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. So giving up something that's easy, like I, I'm kind of a bad Catholic. I don't like seafood. I don't like fish. So it, in many ways, Friday is difficult for me because like, well, what am I going to eat? But if I were to give up coffee or ice cream, my parishioners know that Turkey Hill chocolate peanut butter ice cream is like my favorite. It's in it's in the freezer perpetually. <laughs> so to give that up, yes, you know, or potatoes. So I I'm praying about this. You know what? Now, do I want to give up all those things that I enjoy? You know, probably not, because then it's so difficult. You know, it should be difficult, but it has to be reasonable that you're going to be able to do it. You know, it's getting Mr. Wonderful. What are you going to do? Well, something that. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but with God's grace, I'm going to be able to do it. And if and if you do, you know, if you do drop the ball, if you do fall, and you you know you eat something or do something that you gave up, then I think the the devil tempts us. Well, that you already you know this was forty days, and day three you already did this or you already ate this, and we have a tendency to say, oh, well, then I just forget about it. No, we have to continue on. There's there's a, a couple of really great quotes that I found on, on fasting. And one is Thomas Aquinas. He says, fasting is directed to two things, the deletion of sin and the raising of the mind to heavenly things. 
John Chrysostom says, fasting of the body is food for the soul. Fasting of the body is food for the soul. Finally, Flannery O'Connor says, I do not know you, God, because I am in the way. Please help me push myself aside. So I think Lent is a time of, you know, getting to know God better. We have to get out of the way. And I think through sacrifice like fasting, we, you know, it helps us to get out of the way and let God fill us with those things that he wants to fill us with. What about something like almsgiving? What is that? How does that pertain to our Lenten observance? Yeah, I think it's a, a, a time of, you know, charity, which again is getting out of the way and uh, taking care of another. And that charity helps us to to be more like God. You know, God, St. John says God is love. When we love, my parishioners are probably tired of hearing me say this, but we participate in the divine. You know, we are like God when we when we love, especially in a, in a selfless way. When we're giving something and we don't expect anything in return. If we get something in return, fine, you know, but um, that we expect nothing. So I think that, that almsgiving is, is a time to go closer to God because we, we are more like God and realizing that there are, are legitimate needs out there uh, to, to help others. It's a very beautiful time to give. I think Advent shares this in terms of almsgiving. We think of that in, Lent, in Advent. Christmas is giving of oneself because God gave the world the greatest gift that he could give us, and that is Jesus. So I think it's a time to come out of ourselves, and, and, uh, and it's, it's part of the sacrifice that we you know, sometimes have to dig deep or should dig deep. You know, a lot of times we uh, think in Lent, almsgiving is you know, not giving where it's kind of easy, but giving where it is sacrificial. You know, the DOS's annual campaign, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, dig deep and, and see all the, the good things that, that benefit and all, the, all the, the people that benefit from that campaign. If we can give more than, you know, $50 or $10, then we should, you know, we should give because then it's, then it's truly sacrifice. So we give off of our surplus. Uh, what kind of really merit is that? So I think charity is is um, a good tenant in, in this in this season that um, we we are more like God and also I think in charity we we make those sacrifices. The big question at the beginning of Lent is always what are you going to give up yeah. for Lent? Since Lent requires fasting of us, how do you know what to give up? How do you know what to fast from? Yeah, I think the, the the church tells us that we you know we do have to. You know, fasting and abstinence are are are, are different. You know, abs- abstaining from meat, of course, those um, those days, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and and um, abstaining from meat every Friday in Lent. Unless sometimes there's a solemnity on Fridays, right, where it's a, the solemnity of Saint George. And I don't think this this Lent, but uh, if it's a solemnity, then you know we are dispensed from that that fasting and abstinence. But so abstinence in terms of meat, we we're required. But yeah, like what should we what should we fast from? I, I think again, you know, something that we really like something that is going to be going to be difficult to do if it is a you know it does again it doesn't have to be a food or a drink but it could be a certain vice or a certain sin or, or a certain habit but i think we have to really pray about it you know we have to ask the holy spirit you know what what is it that um is going to is going to to help me to to deny myself you know jesus says deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me and so this is this is a time to to follow jesus uh, through sacrifice and through, um, you know, through through giving up. So what is it? Come Holy Spirit and fill my heart, you know, fill my mind. What is it that I that I give up that will better discipline my my soul? I think for each person it's, 
it's different. And a lot of people are they're giving up candy, but okay, that that's okay if that's difficult for you. And it is, you know, people say, well, you're giving up candy again, or, you know, Father Clark, you're giving up ice cream again. Well, yeah, because that's difficult for me to, that's difficult for me to do. Giving that up is, is a, a denial of myself. And every time I, you know, want to go to the freezer and eat that ice cream, oh no. And so maybe it could be a time where that you, uh, instead you, you spend a time, you know, time in prayer. And I think prayer, it, it, it doesn't have to be where you're, you know, you're praying. We're not, not everybody's called to be a monk. And, uh, you know, but I think you need, I think Lent calls for a certain period of prayer each day. You know, God doesn't necessarily expect that you're going to be able to pray an hour a day if you can. And many, many of our Catholics and, uh, uh, and especially, I think our, our clergy and also people in, uh, in religious life or in, in third orders spend that that hour of prayer a day, maybe even an hour, a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And um, you know that's something that if you could do that, then that great. But you know, a lot of people can't do that with a work schedule and in the family. But a, a period of time a day that is set aside in the morning or in the evening, or it could be in the afternoon, that you know God doesn't need a lot of time you know, to to speak to you. Little bit of prayer goes. Uh, it's not. It's not really about the, the quantity as much as it is the quality. It's kind of like a, to use a food analogy. Uh, I sometimes say at a buffet, there's a lot of food there. There's a lot of food. People say, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of food there, but it's kind of low quality. Not everything is good. So I know for me, well, I have my certain things that I like, and I pick those, and they're the only things that I eat. Uh, you know, buffet has has quantity, but not always quality. The smaller a buffet is, and the more more quality. It's kind of like you know. I think in prayer, it doesn't have to be quantitative. We say, hey, you know, I'm my first hours or my first minutes of the day or hour is going to be dedicated and given to God, or the last minutes of the day during this Latin season, you know, ten twenty minutes is going to be given to God. Or I, you know, maybe even decide in prayer just to, to maybe pray morning, and you know, you're not necessarily called. Or obligated to do the uh, the the divine office, you know, or the breviary because you're not a cleric, or you're not religious, or you're not a Carmelite or a third order. Well, no, you're not obligated, but maybe in Lent, you know, you could you could do that as a form of of prayer. That I'm going to pray the hinges, morning and 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 uh, evening prayer, or maybe I'm just going to pray that night prayer, which is is very short. It's like ten minutes, but has that examination of conscience where. You know, you say, how how did this day in Lent go? Was I successful and faithful to my Lenten promise of giving or giving up this day? What did I do, Lord, for your glory? And what wasn't for your glory? What was not pleasing to you? Maybe, you know, just that short time of prayer before bedtime, that night prayer. You know, and there, it is easy to say, well, how do I do that? There's an app for that, you know, for goodness sakes. Or ask your priest or ask your deacon or, you know, ask somebody in one of those third orders. Teach me. That's a disciple say that to Jesus. Lord, teach us how to pray. How do we? How should we pray? And Jesus says, you know, you, when you when you pray, say this. And it teaches us the the only prayer that we have from Jesus's lips is the Our Father, right? So maybe in this Latin season, learn how to pray, learn a prayer, memorizing a prayer, the prayer to Saint Michael, you know, the Archangel. This this world is full of evils right now. You know, today Putin invades Ukraine. You know, how demonic is that? Absolutely. You know, we need. You know, Our Lady of Fatima is always saying. Pray, pray, pray the rosary. Maybe pray uh, a, a rosary a day. So some time of prayer, that's that's quality, that's time with, with the Lord. Jesus is the example of prayer in the desert. You know, he prays to, to avoid the temptation. So 
I think I think we need to look at all three of those tenets, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, and enter in this season of Lent in some way doing all three things in, in some way that God calls us to to use those tenets and those those disciplines of Lent. What am I going to do in terms of fasting? What am I going to do in terms of almsgiving? What am I going to do in terms of, you know, prayer? It's like the multi- multiplication of the the fish and the and the loaves. Jesus takes what little we can give, maybe. Sometimes we can give a lot, and we should, but sometimes we can't in terms of time or treasure. And Jesus says, all right, what you have, I'm going to take, and I'm going to multiply it. And I think, you know, it, it, it's true with, with fasting, and it's true with, with almsgiving, but especially in prayer. Nope, you don't have an hour. You don't maybe even have half an hour this day. Maybe you do another day, but this day you you know you can only give me ten minutes. But I'm going to I'm going to speak profoundly to you in that time in that time because it's quality time with with me. You know who is your refreshment? Who is your light? Who is your peace? It's a lot of anxiety right now. Our hearts are restless, and so we need to. Um, as Saint Augustine said, you know, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. And we need to. I think prayer is an important, a very important aspect of of, um, of and it, it is sacrificial. You know, all those three tenets are sacrificial because we're sacrificing time, but it's time, you know, that is, uh, that is, I think, very, very well spent. Speaking of sacrifice, does our Lenten sacrifice need to be as intense as some of the saints? Because some of the saints I've researched are hardcore <laughs> when it comes to sacrifice. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that it necessarily has to be uh, as intense as, as the saints. Um, saints are always an example for us. And, you know, we should we should all strive to become saints. I don't know. I guess in some way, we you know, we have to do what we can do. And if some people really can't fast because of health reasons, you know, they're going to fall over. And so you can't do that. You have to, you kind of have to do you and, and you kind of, in some sense, have to know your limits. But I think it has to be, has to be challenging, you know, and it has to be something that, yeah, again, is reasonable, but and I don't think necessarily as intense as, as the saints, but it should be saintly. It should be a, a pious act. And you know, is, is this, would this be pleasing to God? Is it, is it sacrificial? You know, the, that family member, that, Okay, maybe a niece or a nephew that's kind of struggling through college, has to buy books, working a job, you know, and it's not like they're they're not partying through school. And, you know, even that almsgiving doesn't necessarily have to be to the poor. You, know, you, you might be given the St. Francis Soup Kitchen or whatever, but to, to a family member who you know, is trying to you know, go to school and uh, live out their dream and get a good job and, and be successful in society – and this niece or nephew, you know, could could use some money. I mean, giving them twenty bucks isn't it's going to buy a chapter of a book. Maybe you know it doesn't need to be as intense as a saint to say, "Here I give everything to the poor." That's that's intense, uh, and saints have done that. But I think it's I'm, I'm not going to give twenty, but I'm going to give two hundred and fifty. You know, something that is sacrificial. I don't think it has to be as intense, but it has to be a sacrifice for us. You kind of have to do you, I guess. I like that. Building off of that, is it okay to double dip? You know, I think uh, it all goes back to what is your intention? You know, where is your heart? Where your heart is, your treasure lies, Jesus says, I guess. And I guess if giving up candy, other sweets, or other 
caloric items. If giving those up as a consequence, you know, you you lose weight. I think it's okay. Again, as long as it's it's something that's a sacrifice for you. But I think it's okay. But I think you have to be doing other things. I think I think a lot of people do focus on what am I going to give up? I'm giving up these candies, these these sweets, these things I like, and also I can you know I can lose weight. But we there's there's other disciplines, and that's prayer, and that's also almsgiving. So I think we have to participate in all three of those some way. But I kind of think it's okay to double dip. <laughs> I probably need to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's where our heart is, really. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because giving up some of those things is tough. It um, is, yeah. yeah. A lot of things like that can be a sacrifice. But as long as we're focusing on the other two pillars as well. I think that's, I think that really is key. Yeah. I think a lot of people lose sight of the other two pillars. Definitely. The church mandates the the fasting and the abstinence, but not necessarily the the prayer or, you know, the, the almsgiving. That's kind of more. But but the law is there to guide, you know. Len is saying stop doing the minimal and raise the bar. You know, raise the bar for yourself so that, you know, you might love God more. And in loving God more loving his people more. You know, fasting is kind of easy, like before mass, you know, it used to be where you give, you fasted for hours before, before Sunday. Now what, what is the, what is the law? What does the minimal say? You know, the fast is one hour. It's fasting from food and drink, save that of, you know, water and medicine or, you know, diabetic that you need to take a little something and you're going to fall over at mass if you don't. I mean, certainly that, that you know, the law in a sense that you're dispensed from that ecclesiastical law. But what is the fast before the reception of Holy Communion? Not necessarily before the, the, the mass, but one hour before the reception of Holy Communion, that's the fast. And that's pretty easy to do. But I think you have to ask yourself, well, what else could I fast from before going to Mass or before receiving our Lord. You can fast from listening to, you know, rock music, or you can fast from uh, watching television, you know, before Mass to to be able to prepare yourself. You know, the the fasting prepares yourself in a small way to receive Christ, you know, to to hunger for Christ. But I think there's other ways that, that that you can fast. You can refrain from arguing as a family before coming to mass even fast from just really doing much of anything before that before going to mass i i, I know that uh anymore like before daily mass i i, I unless I, I really i think there's something news newsworthy that i should know about um, i really try not to watch the news before mass i try to fast from television especially news because it just gets me anxious you know it gets me somewhat even depressed and then going into mass with with all that on, in my head and on my mind, you know, and then I wind up ranting about it in the homily that daily mass. So you could fast from from those things too, before before the celebration of the greatest prayer that that we have, and and that's the mass. And certainly in this Lent, in terms of of um, of prayer, that if you're not going to mass, it's uh, it's perhaps time for you to come back. You have, to, you have to just be. Lent is really a time of like looking in the mirror and 
and what which we do in the sacrament of penance you know certainly is a time of going to the sacrament if we if we need to and if we haven't been there for some time maybe because of the pandemic is to uh you know just let let the lord and his most precious blood wash away that garbage on our on our soul and then we do that in advent too and uh, again advent is not as defined by the church a penitential season has penitential overtones and uh, has evolved in in a sense to a kind of a quasi penitential time but you know we we always say we have penance services in in advent and we would want to prepare our soul in that way for the reception of Christ at Christmas, that you know, we can gaze into that Christmas crib with purity of mind and heart. Certainly would go to the sacrament of penance in, in Advent, but most certainly, uh, you know, it is almost a, a spiritual necessity, I think, to uh, go to the sacrament of penance in Lent, uh, this more intense sacrificial uh, time and time of prayer is to uh, to get to the sacrament and but it's tough, you know, because we we don't want to we don't want to look at uh, look at our, our our sins, you know. We don't want to face our sins. Uh, we don't uh, want to look in a mirror and see, oh, there's kind of a big zit here. There's a pimple that needs popped, and this is ugly. And I'm not looking at this. Uh, but we need to be real. Let is reflective, you know. What are the things by God's grace that I really need to change? What do I what do I need to uh, allow to be purged from my life? And I need to get these, especially if they're serious sins, you know, like missing mass. If we're going here and there and everywhere, we're going to the movie theater, and, but we're not going to mass because, you know, of the pandemic. I, we have to be honest with ourselves and say, oh, that's, I could go to the earlier mass where there's not a ton of people. And I would be probably pretty social distance anyhow to get back to the sacraments. That's the, that's the basic thing, you know. Father Zeta was recently at um, my parish of St. Matthew's. He's coming again, and you know he was talking about angels, demons, and exorcisms. And he reminded us that the two things that the devil hates the most are the sacraments of penance and, and Eucharist. They're they're powerful. And yet we even think about you know every time we go to communion, it washes away venial sin. That's the teaching of the church. Uh, going to mass uh, is 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 grace enough to be able to to be the people that we're called to be. You know to to get rid of the the garbage that has infiltrated, you know, our souls. Even if it's just, you know, maybe we're not the worst of sinners, but we're really all are called to be saints. Uh, so if there is something that we can do that's intense, all right, try it to do it. You know, that's that could be the thing that God calls us to do. It could be something radical that we need to give up or that we need to give. Do you have any practical tips for how we can have a fruitful Lenten season and carry it with us through the rest of the year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, take take Lent day by day. You know, it, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to give this up for 40 days or, you know, I'm going to be you know super nice and kind to this person at work that I can't stand for 40 days. This is impossible. This is really over the top. Um, I don't know if I can do this. Just, you know, take it day by day and. I think that if you could, a uh, practical tip that I, w- I would give, again, it goes back to the Mass. You know, maybe you could, before work, if Mass is at, you know, 6 o'clock or 6.30, or you can make a daily Mass. What a great way to go through Lent is to uh, go to go to daily Mass. Or maybe they, they have a an evening Mass. Your parish has an evening Mass to, to go to that. Maybe try to make a daily Mass once a week or maybe a couple of times a week. And I think Stations of the Cross, too, you know, we've kind of lost some of these devotionals in the church. But Stations of the Cross is, you know, following Jesus on the on, on the on the way, the way of sorrow. 
I think that you know, mass attendance and the Stations of the Cross, I think, are, are I think, good tips, um, just basic kind of practical things that I think every every Catholic should should be participating, especially in you know in this uh, time of that. But take it day by day. You know, wake up in the morning and say, God, give me the grace to hold fast to my 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 Lenten promises in those three areas. And, you know, just seek seek to do them and, uh, and you know, be patient with yourself. If you if you do fall, you know, if you do uh, eat something that you gave up, you purposefully ate it. And sometimes we forget. It's like, oh, no, I forgot. You know, I gave this up. But then you know, you're still OK. You know, but even if you don't forget and you purposefully eat that. OK, you messed up, but you need to get you need to get back on the on the journey. You need to get back on that journey of self-denial. With, with Jesus. And then I think just also a practical tip is, you know, seek the support of others, you know, and, and be inspired by them. I, I always think that it's really neat to, uh, to ask people, you know, well, what, what are you doing for Lent? You know, like if you want to tell me, uh, what do you, what are you doing? What are you giving up anything? You're doing anything. And going back to the saints, you know, we have such a, a great cloud of witnesses as scripture says, uh, we have great examples. And yeah, again, we might not have to to live, to pray, to fast, or to give alms as as intensely as those saints, but when we see how intense they did some of those things and, and how much God was in their life, and so we start rising to 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 that that level, you know, where we, we try we try harder to be better followers of of Jesus. But we need to be inspired by not only the saints, but the, kind of the saints among us. So I always like to ask people if they're willing to share it, because that inspires me. So I think kind of like a good practical tip, good thing for me in Lent is like just to see other people living Lent. And, uh, oh, gosh, this person gave that up. That's pretty difficult. Or this this person uh, you know, is doing this. That's that's pretty awesome. And that, that kind of inspires me to to keep on going. Especially like you see it in the, the the charitable works of the laity or the prayer, the you know intense prayer, the daily mass attendance of of the laity, their 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 fasting as a priest. That is that's inspiring. You know, don't be afraid to you know just to support one another. I think that's a great thing to to do as a practical tip and to, to journey in Lent with with one another as a community of faith. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for taking the time to share all that with us. And I hope you have a very fruitful Lenten season. Thank you. I hope you do too, Rachel. Thank, thank you, you for having me. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.